Hello everyone, my name is Carlo, aka Caretacular, and in this podcast I'm going to talk about Stargate, the season 1 episode 2, The Enemy Within, because I found out I can watch Stargate on Netflix. Like recently I opened my Netflix and I saw Stargate and I thought, oh cool, they put it on Netflix. And a few days later when I wanted to watch, it was completely gone. Like I was thinking to myself, am I crazy? Did I do do something wrong? Did I miss this? Or was this in my imagination that uh, they finally moved Stargate to a wider streaming audience? And maybe in other countries it is, but for me, no. We only could do it through uh, Amazon and we still needed a special subscription from MGM to watch it. So basically almost the same amount you have to pay for Netflix in able to watch Stargate. And uh, now it's on. I hope it stays on. Or maybe something with my VPN that I'm kind of in a different location. Who would know? But does not matter. We're going to talk about Stargate. One of my favorite shows there is. I grew up with it as a child. I made some time ago something about the first episode. I believe I was a little bit overexcited in making it. So I'm going to do my best and uh, do this a little bit different. And we will see where we end up with this entire podcast scene. Um, I absolutely love sci-fi. And this show, my gosh, it's, it's so well written, so greatly done. And it, these are... Like the TV shows from that time period, that were that was so great. Like other shows that I think about, is for example Quantum Leap, and it also has the yeah, also those kind of things. So let's get into it because I watched this episode and I did not realize right away, but uh, like the first episodes of Stargate are quite serious in so many ways, like. They really act like they're in the army. So everybody putting a hand up when they have to salute to one each other. And during the entire show, you see that it gets uh, less and less that they actually do it. It gets much more funnier. And what I found interesting about this episode is that Richard Dean Anderson is like the, the greatest person for this show. He has this sense of humor and you can really see the guy being so genuine in, in, in what he does. And that makes it so great. And I'm used to that because I watched Stargate so many times, so I don't know any better. And that's what it is. And I watched this episode and I was like, wow, they are still so serious. And like, there's also this added drama, like the Gould are sending people through the gates, but we of course now have an iris that basically blocks incoming travel. And so nobody can come in. You hear clearly all these thumps, but yeah, General Hammett is standing there. He orders everybody with big giant guns to basically stand there um, to give us the idea, well, maybe they can break through the iris. And every time they put on the self-destructs on three minutes and I'm like, wow, this is really like a show of that era. Like it's a really huge drama. Like in case they come in here, 
we're basically not even going to fight. We're going to blow up the entire mountain because that's what we do. Like, go for it. Save the planet and that uh, kind of stuff. And it's really funny to see because in later episodes, um, you of course see they don't do it and it gets much more in the area of problem solving and really on the edge. Okay, we might blow up the planet now, but we're still going to try and uh, do this uh, to try and save it. So, yeah, I loved it. And this is also the part where Richard Dean Anderson is starting to make like funny jokes when people they have these thumps on the iris and he just stand there and, and very nonchalant says, it's like bucks on the windshield. Like the entire concept of that there are people being sacrificed uh, hitting against a plate. And he's just like, huh, yeah, I have that too. Like when I go to work. <laughs> it's so completely dry. And if you consider like all the seriousness that they are doing with the army vibe and you have this guy just standing there and you keep wondering, why are you in the army? Like, what are you doing here? And makes it incredibly great. Later on, um, it starts to give that hints of much more humor, and I, I'm yeah. The the show, of course, became great. It had this great combination with it. And you see Daniel and uh, Sam working on the DHD, and basically this should be a DHD on every planet. Even though we didn't have one, it should be on every other planet. And they're thinking up names, and it's like, oh yeah, it's basically a telephone because we can dial this and dial back home. And I had to laugh. Because we are, like, it's now uh, 2022 after COVID. <laughs> and yes, before in the past, we had like phones with dial knobs. Like, if you are my age, then you know what that uh, is. And that makes much more sense for that show that they call it a dial home uh, device in that matter, because now we just press buttons. So. I find that hilarious. That's one of the reasons this show completely connects with me and I absolutely love it. I'm from the 80s and this was my life. Dial phones. Next to the internet modems with crazy sounds. Who else remembers that? <laughs> um, what I find interesting, of course, about this episode is that we are going to find out that Kowalski basically has a gould. And I think they also did it in a really great way because the actor playing him um, gives such a genuine performance. And I find that um, I find it really incredible like that you can put up uh, so many emotions, basically, in what's happening. So when he finds out that he has a gold inside him because he has headaches, blackouts, and he doesn't really know what it is, and they eventually tell him, uh, thanks to an MRI scan, you see him, of course, like crying and being so emotional by the fact, like, is this happening to me? How does it happen? Because I don't know, how did I get this? 
And then he slowly starts to remember and thinking, oh, wait, I was on Chulak. I was helping this kid and I feel this pinch inside my neck. And in that moment, you see the actor like putting on such a good performance um, that he starts to cry, being so emotional. And um, that really gets to me. Like it's so genuine, so pure and so very, very good uh, that you are able to do it. Like if someone asked me to like cry on command, uh, no way. So I find it always very incredible uh, if actors or actresses like uh, put this much effort in their uh, role. And um, the story continues that they of course want to remove it. Uh, there's someone else from the army that basically wants to experiment on the, the gold. Obviously, uh, we are a military power. We have someone that tries to destroy us. So we, of course, need to have someone that also wants to experiment. That's how this show works. And I'm trying to remember if um, this was also the start of the NID already. Like the NID, of course, comes much later in the television show. But I think this also, uh, maybe from the writer's perspective, um, was something to look back at and say, oh yeah, we had these things in the show. We can use this now to also create the NID or maybe they already had thought of it, but I got reminded about it when I was watching this episode. And you already see, of course, this um, like dynamic uh, in Hammond, where he also bluntly says, hey, if there is a snowball chance in hell to uh, save this man, we're going to do it, which, of course, clearly states the character of General Hammond and how he is as a person. And in the later episodes, of course, when he gets threatened by the NID for not playing along. So that was a very interesting moment for me also. Um, in thinking, hey, this is uh, basically was much earlier in the show than I initially thought it would be. And uh, around that same moment that um, they have to decide what to do with Teal'c, um, because obviously they also want to experiment on him, like that. And uh, General Hammond uh, does not want to, and in that moment O'Neill walks in the conference room and... Uh, this is again a great testament to the humans, uh, to the humor, sorry. Uh, permission to barge in, sir. <laughs> and I believe it didn't even get like it's granted or not, but the way he walks, the way he talks, the way he moves, it is uh, done with such humor and grace. And for me, that made the show so successful. It's, it's, yeah, there are no words. And if you are a fan of this witty humor, like you get addicted to Stargate so easily because Richard Dean Anderson has so many moments of this in the show. And when I rewatched this again, I was like, oh yeah, it's the guy. Like we want to see something unexpected. And then Richard Dean Anderson stands at the door and says, hey, something like this. <laughs> Season 10 callback. So yeah, really great. 
later on in the episode, we of course have Kowalski on the operating table. They try and remove the ghoul at Symbiot, which they think succeeds. Later on, they will find out it's just a husk. Um, I was a little bit surprised still when rewatching this episode because I realized oh, yeah, it's a little bit strange because in all the visuals that they show, they basically cut off the half. That's what we see. Um, but when they remove it, they have like an entire gold in the bucket. Um, and as far as I know, they don't explain it further in other episodes. Um, that gold can basically shed their skin or have something else. Because in the end, when they uh, defeat Kowalski or basically that gold, only like a little tiny bit comes out that could also be disintegrated due to the capitation from the Stargate. Um, can you imagine there would be like an alien culture that used the Stargate actually to capitate people? Or that may be my sadistic mind thinking now. Okay. It's going to me keep me up at night. It will. <laughs> Um, but the gold there was like smaller. So I always, in this episode, when I see it, uh, I'm kind of surprised, like, okay, how did it work? Like, I'm very interested in, in those kinds of like little things. Or maybe it was like uh, a choice for that episode and this is how we did it. And later on, it's just changed or evolved in something more and better. Um, Due to uh, Teal's heroics, he is allowed to stay. And basically, we see the team SD1, as we know, um, being formed, which, of course, is a very great moment. And when they all walk towards the Stargate, it's the moment we probably all uh, laugh entirely and say, hey, our team is there and we can start on our journeys and all things. One of the things I also find interesting of this episode is Daniel that talks about Charay, his hope, of course, of removing that symbiote. It's something really tiny in the episode, but at the same time, it's also really great that the writers already put this in because it's great character development. Like we really already start to care about Daniel so much more and his loving wife, Charay, and what will become, of course, his journey um, towards her and finding some cure to help her and yeah re-watching this i realized basically again oh yeah they already put it here in this episode which is yeah i find that truly amazing and these kind of character driven stories makes tv shows like very entertaining and also something that you can really connect to. Like we as a watcher, we want to connect to the characters of the show. Like it's when you have a hard day at work, you come home and in some form of way, you basically feel like, oh, this is my friends and we're going to watch an episode and we're going to go on a journey, etc. And you want to care about those characters in a natural way like everybody has a story and in some tv shows uh, i watch i had it recently with star trek discovery and it felt like uh, that they are pushing like character development like oh we had this giant story but we 
we're not able to do all this character stories. So now we have an episode and we basically have all people and we push in some character development so you can care about our characters, um, which I find a shame. So it's incredibly fun to see a TV show, which is uh, so many years old, uh, already did that in that moment. Um, something I also remembered is that a Madden Tapping uh, in a behind the scenes episode at some point uh, told the writers that like a girl would not say all the things she did. And it's kind of funny because in, indeed, if you see her in this episode and upcoming episodes, she is much more serious. Um, and in later episodes, she much more has her own vibe. So I'm also, um, I also always liked that about those behind the scenes where in this case, a man tapping told like, um, that she went in and wanted changes. And yeah, for us as a watcher, it only made the show better in the end. So great initiative. We're happy. We're so happy. <laughs> and uh, I believe that's it. I don't have any more things basically to add. Enemy Within is a... Um... How shall we put this? It's an episode I enjoy and sometimes hate because it's an episode where you immediately know the stakes, but you know the stakes from a very human standpoint. We have someone here that wants to do his duty. He wants to save this planet and do his part. And then before he even can start, he finds out he has a gold and in the end he will not survive. Um, so it's a lot of, to take in basically. And that always reminds me of things that um, if it's like goals or other things I start in with all great intentions and you fail or you can't or um, I have allergies so I can get sick very easily um, so I cannot do everything I wanted to do um, uh, when I was younger or uh, even now and this episode gives me that vibe like you're there with all great intentions you're going to do it and, and it's like a snap moment like nope it's not going to happen so it's a very gripping episode also. And this also shows um, how good the writing and the show like already is for the second episode. So I recommend everybody, of course, to watch it, to rewatch it, enjoy it if you're a fan. And I hope to, that you will listen in next time.